listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Last Generation, the podcast that deals with issues and challenges with the last generation population. This is Tammy, your host, and thank you again for joining me. So I want to piggyback a little bit off of the uh, last episode uh, that I posted and dealing with uh, young people and last generation and some of the challenges that you know young people can have when it comes to being a last generationer. And sometimes I do get questions about this, uh, not necessarily through the podcast, but just out in the general public. Uh, when I, especially when I used to teach things like parenting classes and stuff like that, since you know, like I said, I work in the mental health field, and I do get quite a few questions over the years uh, when it comes to uh, dealing with families and you know maybe families with adult children living at home, and you know I I do get that from time to time. So one of the things that I wanted to address here is what exactly are we teaching young people about life skills and how many young people have learned life skills all through their uh, upbringing. And it comes back to when I was about 12 years old and the school that I attended had a, uh, a week, it was like about a week or a couple weeks, I can't remember exactly how long it was, where we did a job, we had to pick a job and we had to pick an apartment, you know, we were, we were doing uh, this, we had these uh, newspapers and they uh, gave us a choice of different jobs and they gave us uh, lists of apartments and how much they were a month and you know things like that and uh, the other thing that they also taught us was they taught us how to do our taxes and you know it was a really it was a really enriching experience that I had when I was uh, 12 and this happened when I was about 12 years old and one thing that I notice even working now and when I work with young people is some of them have no idea how much money that they need to have in order to live on. And the answer a lot of times to that is it depends on what were they taught as a lifestyle when they were growing up. So if I take my example, my family was pretty much straight middle class. And one of the things that my parents taught me that I have changed my mind on over the years is anytime you get a new vehicle or anytime you get a vehicle, it has to be a new vehicle because if you do get a new vehicle, then if anything goes wrong with it, that it's covered under warranty. Good advice, and I'm not going to knock my parents' advice at all. However, having a used car, which is a little bit cheaper on payments, and maybe cheaper in insurance, because there's other things, too, that you have to take into consideration when you're making a decision like 
and so when you look at buying vehicles and if you're looking at a specific car or something like that then then maybe getting the insurance quotes on how much that you're going to have to pay for insurance how much are you going to have to pay for upkeep you know things like that especially yes a new vehicle my parents are correct that it is cheaper to maintain and you know at least for the first couple of years hopefully hopefully you only have to deal with regular maintenance oil changes tire rotations that kind of stuff but when it comes to a used vehicle you may have to put a little bit more money in it and uh, there's a couple things that i've even developed and i've even mentioned uh to people when they look at used vehicles and things like that and something that i've learned from my own personal experience when it comes to used vehicles is the first thing that i will do is i will have the brakes maintained and maybe get a new battery those are a little bit cheaper uh now it depends of course on the brakes you know just to make sure that that the brakes are in good shape and and you know things like that of course we all know about taking used cars to a mechanic and have a mechanic give a once over and and of course that's a very good piece of advice and that's something that you know you have to maintain but when it comes to young people and do 18 to 25 year olds really have any idea about how much money do they need to earn in order to make a living and most of the young people that even i've spoken to over the years have this atrocious amount oh i need to be making three thousand dollars a month in order to live on and it's like for what unless they have a car payment car insurance unless that they're you know got you know three hundred thousand dollars in student loans or whatever i mean i could see maybe that um you know that could be something but if they if they're saying well i need about three thousand dollars a month to live on it's like for what you know help help me break that down and in fact that's that's a that's a topic that i give to a lot of a lot of uh, parents when they're have when they're dealing with young people and they're saying well i have to make this amount of money in order to live on and you know they're trying to help the young person live on their own or try to get them to uh, address that and sometimes what it looks like is like well hold on a second let's just break this down a little bit so let's look at apartments how much does it cost to live in an apartment now if i look at uh our city the city that i live in right now it's relatively i would say livable uh the average one bedroom apartment in this part of uh, town is roughly about 650 to 700 dollars a month i would say i would go on the 650 end and yes are there going to be some apartments that are cheaper absolutely but let's talk about averages and and any time that i do this as i give i tell the parents i tell parents of young people 
why don't we just take a look at the averages? So if we look at an average apartment and the average apartment is say about 650 a month in this particular part of town, then of course you have utilities. Now, uh, since I live in an apartment, it's a two bedroom apartment, but uh, when I look at uh, utilities, if I look at the average electric bill, and I'm just speaking from my experience, I know other people may have something different, but it's about, uh, about a hundred and say about 125, just roughly. I like to go a little bit on the high end, uh, because especially electric bills, gas bills, water bills, sometimes they run high. Uh, either during the summer because you know in the, with electric bills you have uh, the air conditioner that you run in the summertime and then of course in the wintertime because it gets dark earlier you know you have more lights on so you know if you look at an average and I would say roughly the average here um, I'm going to just throw out a number of $125 a month water uh, the you know water's roughly about maybe you know sixty dollars a month but then again i'm living with somebody so that's you know there's two people using water so it and that's usually about that that's usually about right uh when i was living by myself it was anywhere from like 35 40 dollars a month so yeah that's that's actually pretty good uh for an apartment and you know paying for water Depending on whether you pay for gas or not, uh, that's, I would say, about maybe 120 again on that, uh, just to go on the high end, because, of course, if you, you know, with a gas bill, you're probably going to run uh, the heater uh, during the wintertime, and so that you're prepared for that, that part of the year. So that's usually something. So if you look at rent and utilities, then you have that figure. Then, what do we do about transportation? Uh, if they have a brand new car, uh, the average car payment, I believe, right now in America, last time I checked the stats, is about 350 to 375. Uh, run on the 350 number, I think that's pretty good. Uh, that's for a new car. Uh, because another thing too is whenever you're dealing with young people, I would especially go a little on the high end. And the reason why I would do that is because of credit score. Do young people have a credit score? And it's and the funny thing about it is is that I was attending a, a financial class about ten years ago, and one of the things that I was questioning in this class is the person that was conducting it was saying that credit scores should not be is you know should not be really big because the goal of this particular uh, financial class is to get to a point where you pay cash for everything but the other problem is is that you have to have a credit score in order to be able to rent an apartment if you have to rent an apartment, if you have to uh, get a new vehicle, if you have to, you know, credit scores are important. And I'm not uh, going to knock this class in the least because it is a very popular 
class. I just have a little bit of concern about uh, telling people that at least this is the way it came across to me is that credit scores should not be very important and I disagree with that completely. Um, <clears throat> plus on top of that uh, this particular class was kind of going back 30 years uh, that was something that was taught all the way back in the 80s is that uh, we you know that uh, people should start learning to pay cash for everything instead of getting instead of living on credit and I get that and you know we'll talk about that here in a minute but when it comes to things like vehicles, apartments, and all that, you have to have a credit score. You have to have a good credit score. Because there are some places that you can't rent a place until you have uh, some type of a, you know, you have to have a certain credit score or higher. And so uh, that's that's something in that particular class that I would take with a grain of salt. Uh, is, look, you have to have a credit score. That's that's just all there is to it. Um, as far as rent, utilities, you know, we look at transportation. Uh, sometimes uh, this is a challenge that I've had with a with a young person not too long ago. Is well, I just buy my cars for my friends. And I said, okay, well, how often do those cars break down? And the last car that this individual bought from a friend only lasted about a week and a half. And it's like, no, if you get a used car and something, you know, even a new car, used car, whatever car, my advice, and this was even advice when I was in driver's ed, go to a reputable dealer. And now these um, finance, these car lots, these what I call corner car lots that do have the uh, we finance here, that's fine. Uh, the question I would ask, you know, because if, you know, sometimes those payments though can be a lot more expensive than if you were, if you were buying something from a reputable dealer. Uh, sometimes you have to pay those uh, pre, those uh, finance here places the corner car lots sometimes you have to make a payment every two weeks and if you think about it in the long run you're paying more than you would be if you get a car from a reputable dealer and you're able and you make a monthly car payment so I'm not saying that those are bad options if you have to go to the corner car lot because if you desperately need transportation and you need somebody, you know, you need a car and you need a car a lot sooner than what you would, uh, you would recommend. I mean, sometimes I've seen uh, parents do this with uh, young, with their teenagers, is that they may go to one of these uh, we finance here places because sometimes the terms on those, uh, the terms on those cars are a lot shorter. Uh, you could pay the car off in six months to a year. So I get that. 
Uh, and as long as the family is capable of doing that, great. Do what you feel you got to do. Because uh, then, you know, yes, then the car is free and clear. If the, if the young person wants to trade in the car and get something else, uh, first piece of advice is make sure you're giving them something that they can trade in. Um, that, you know, because sometimes because of mileage or because of conditions of the vehicles, because some of these vehicles may not be in the best condition in the, in the world. And so you might be running into some issues getting, you know, getting rid of the car. And that was another reason why when I was growing up, my uh, parents were telling me to uh, trade in a car every three and a half to four years and stick with a new car and trade it in every three and a half to four years. Well, the problem is, of course, if, it, if it's out of your price range or if you can't get it, if you can't get a deal in the payment that you need it at, then, you know, transportation's another, is always, but that's always been a big challenge uh, for young people. So how much should you set aside for transportation? Uh, again, um, sometimes it's, it's kind of crazy when you look at some of these, uh, when you look at some of these uh, car commercials and stuff like that, and they quote this price, sometimes that's, that is the best case scenario. So when they say, okay, pay, you know, this, it only, it's only $189.99 a month. But if you read the fine print on the bottom of the screen, it says that you have to have a certain amount of credit score and you have to have all this, uh, you have to have all this uh, APR financing with approved credit and blah, blah, blah. There's all this fine print at the bottom of the screen. Uh, kind of fun to watch actually. Uh, so when, so when you're looking at things like cars and stuff like that, what do you encourage a young person to do? Sometimes you may want to look at insurance rates, uh, cause car payment and car insurance. Uh, if I go by my history, I would say, okay, the average car payment right now is about 350, 375. Insurance for me, just by myself, uh, ran about when I was a young person, it was about $200 a month. Um, and that's because of some challenges that I had when I was younger and insurance rates for younger people are going to be significant higher, significantly higher than somebody who's been driving for five, 10, 15 years. So when you're, you know, when you look at age bracket, uh, that would be something to look at too. And you'll notice that for most insurance companies, insurance companies, usually the age bracket where it starts to get a little lower and they're not as high risk is usually when you're in the 25 to 30 range. So if it's something that they can get into, uh, or if we get, if we start with the used car, that way they only have to pay a liability and then, you know, but of course, if anything happens to the car, you have to replace it. So, you know, there's, there's a few scenarios there. And, you know, so when you're looking at young people and, and trying to teach them how much money do they really need in order to live on? 
rent, utilities, car payment, car insurance. Food is a little bit uh, iffy because it depends on whether or not they cook their own meals or not. Uh, one of the challenges, of course, with a lot of young people is especially uh, when they have their first job and things like that, and they're just starting to get in the workplace, they may eat out quite a bit. And eating out, of course, is a lot more expensive than uh, cooking something at home. Uh, so do we want to teach the, teach young people how to make basic things? if uh, we have that, if we have that capability. Um, you know, dollar meals that you, you know, that you find in the freezer aisle in the, in the uh, grocery store. Um, for some people, that's a, a great option. For others, it's not, you know, especially uh, for me, uh, I can't do those too frequently because of the sodium content that's in those things. But that's a health issue. But, but that's also another thing too. Uh, that's another part is what do you teach your kids about medical care? Uh, sometimes medical insurance, you know, they if they, whether they uh, qualify for Medicaid, you might check your state's Medicaid guidelines. Uh, because some of them, are, of course, are different. And if they qualify for Medicaid, great. If they don't, uh, what are options for medical insurance, especially if they're um, if they're going to be working? If uh, you know many of these, you know many young people may only have part-time jobs because they're either in school or something. Um, now. When, uh, when I was getting started, of course, when I was younger, I worked in several call centers and one of them, well, not several call centers. I worked in a couple of call centers. I've done call center work for about eight years, actually about six years. And one of them was with a insurance company. And so when it comes to insurances, now this is as of 2002 to 2004 when I worked there. Um, this could be, it's probably changed a little bit since then, but I don't think it has very much. But parents can cover their children on their insurance up until I believe age 22 if they're not in school. And I think it's up to 24 or 26 if they're in school. Uh, so, uh, that could be something that, you know, parents look at as well is that when is the cutoff date or when is the cutoff age for your, for your children when it comes to insurance and how many medical bills these people have. Now, there are some, I'm focusing more on the young people that have a very interesting lifestyle to say the least. And if they end up in the emergency room, if they end up in the hospital, and if they don't have insurance, uh, granted, there's quite a few options to help cover medical bills. And teaching your young people about this check with the with the hospital and do they have 
a financial plan? Do they have, you know, financial assistance? Because a lot of them do now. Um, if they don't have insurance, uh, what what type of options do they have for payment? Uh, if and something else too that we have to keep in mind is that you know how many times these young people get injured. Um, speaking as I well aware of a young person that has been in the hospital multiple times because of getting into scuffles and things like that in bars. And I know that uh, I'm talking about somebody with a very serious addiction issue, but uh, sometimes, but these things are real. You know, these things do happen. And so when you're looking at things like medical insurance and thing, and stuff that young people need and also how do we teach young people on how insurance works when they go to a job what kind of benefits and helping them understand their benefits because young people especially when they're just getting started they may not understand what a 401k is what a 403b is, what life insurance, how much life insurance they want to carry, that kind of stuff. Um, Most major companies, of course, have to offer accidental death and uh, dismemberment benefits. So there's, there's quite a few things to teach a young person about. Bank accounts, that's another one. Um, How do you manage a bank account? Uh, I remember uh, when I was in general business when I was in high school and one of my friends was like, any moron can balance a checkbook. Not true. There's a lot of people that do not do a very good job about balancing their checkbook. And so uh, now that we are in a... Uh, a new phase where we do not have as many check writing as we used to back in the day. And now everything is going through debit cards, bank cards, things like that. Uh, how do, you know, when, when should a young person get a bank account? That's a question to, to discuss. And uh, there's, you know, quite a few things to go, to go with that. Uh, The reason why I bring up bank accounts is because some of them have fees that uh, when, you know, a young person uh, gets a certain bank account, there's, you know, now there's more uh, banks that offer free checking these days, which is great. Uh, But keeping your money in a bank account and how do you manage a bank account, uh, that is really, really important. Uh, another thing too is setting up things like automatic bill pay, that kind of stuff. If they do have a bill, uh, cell phones is another one that's also really expense that can have a major expense to it. And, uh, do you start your young person off with, uh, something like straight talk or cricket or something where, uh, one thing to remember about cricket is that, uh, most of the time, they you have to buy the phone up front before you um, start a plan there. So, uh, 
nothing against Cricket. Uh, you know, Cricket's a, a good company, and it's a good company for somebody starting out with a cell phone. Just remember that for a lot of these companies, and I think Straight Talk is even the same way, and, you know, there's a lot of them that are the same. But you do have to buy the phone up front. And so they may not be able to get an iPhone right away. They may not be able to get, you know, they may not be able to get some of these phones right away. Uh, one of the challenges with government phones, and this has been the experience that I've run into, is that you have to keep it maintained. Because if you don't, and you say, for instance, you have to, you know, you lose the phone uh, and you have to get another phone, you have to change your number. So there's a lot of responsibility with a government phone. So just be aware of that as well. So I uh, want to do a part two on this to kind of give a little bit more uh, realistic idea, but I wanted to address uh, what do we need to consider when talking to young people about how much do they need to make in order to in order to live on their own or in order to in order to have a living and uh so that's um that's something that uh i hope that this topic was really helpful so uh just to first before i uh end this episode i just want to say that uh just check the analytics and i have now reached 100 over 100 views or 100 uh listens to my podcast so i want to thank everybody for your support and uh, keep listening still working on the website uh so hopefully i'll have that up and running uh relatively soon i'm going to work on that over this weekend so uh thank you folks for listening i hope you have a good day and i hope that uh, this information was helpful Have a good one.